Commerce. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's your boy, your pal, your buddy, a little gray hair in the beard, but I'm still your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. I just came up two flights from the kitchen, had to get some more water in my mason jar. So I'm in the attic, baby. Where else? Just below the roof, above the second floor, your boy, the nonprofit sector connector in the attic, philanthropy and focus. That's the name of the program. What am I about? I'm about amplifying the message for nonprofits. I'm about getting with nonprofit leaders and helping them tell their story. I'm extra fired up because there is so much backstory to this conversation we're going to have today. And Ellen White, my guest, and I were just talking about it during sort of like, call it like the virtual green room that I have set up, which is not really in the attic. It's just really in the Zoom room. But we were talking about how much backstory and connection we have. And and this, I think, is... uh, I think this is episode 68 of Philanthropy and Focus, which I love to tell you that because that's a big deal, not because I'm so great, just because the point is this was an idea in my head and now it's a thing in the universe. And um, a recent guest, my buddy Michael Partis was on the show last week and, and Michael told me as a result of being on the show, he made some connections with people that can help out his nonprofit organization. And that's the whole thing. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make connections. Last night, I had a really cool opportunity. I was the MC, uh, MC Tommy D, if you want to know more. But I was the MC of Little Flower Family and Children's Services, which is an organization out here in Long Island, um, serving children in foster care and also children and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I got to be the MC during their Fostering Hope event last night, which was just so special. And uh, one of the honorees was Dr. Sandra Lindsay of the Northwell Health System. She was the first American uh, to receive the COVID vaccine back in December of 2020. Yeah, big deal. And she was on, uh, she was the honoree last night. And uh, Dr. Lindsay, shout out if you listen to the show, because we're going to, she's, she's into gardening on top of everything else she does as, as a nurse over at Northwell, a, a director at Northwell. And uh, she's going to give me some gardening tips because my wife and I bought some sunflower seeds, not the ones you chew at the baseball game, but well, they looked exactly the same to be honest with you, but I said, Dr. Lindsay, in a room full of people as the MC, I was like, I need some gardening tips. Maybe we can talk about that. So, you know, maybe I'll share the, the pictures of the sunflowers with you all as we go forward. Nonprofits change our world each and every day. I'm just trying to be a catalyst, be a part of that, get involved and, uh, and really support their efforts and bring those stories to you each and every week. So when you play Connector, People reach out to you and they're like, hey, Tommy D, I need you to meet this person. Or, hey, Tommy D, I need you to meet that person. And my buddy Ben Markin introduces me to a guy called Mike Durney. And Mike and I and my business partner, Ed, in the Vanguard Insurance Agency, we had a meeting uh, with Mike. And because of I start talking and Mike starts talking and Ed's been watching the Tommy D show for the last 17 or 18 years. So he talks when when it's his time, but he likes to watch the show. So he watched me and Mike kind of chop it up, as they say. And Mike mentions this organization called Backyard Players and Friends. And I'm like, if you've seen the video already from me sitting on my porch swing, guys, I was like, wait a minute. We know that organization, which you may have heard me talk about on the show in memory of my cousin, Linda. Uh, my Aunt Ellen and my cousins founded the Lindy Lou Foundation. And I don't claim to have founded the organization. They just asked me to be a part of it because I got a big mouth and I know a lot of people. So they said, Tommy D, maybe you can help us out. In fact, it was my cousin, Vinny, like the movie, although professionally, when I refer to him, I'm supposed to say my cousin, Vincent. This is a real long setup for this. I could tell I'm just going on and on and on. But shout out to my cousins and my aunt, because in Linda's memory, we've made an incredible impact. Of course, we'd much rather have Linda back, but we don't get to make that choice. So what is the legacy of Linda's uh, Linda's life? And, and we celebrate that through great organizations that, that the Lindy Lou supports. Um, I, I'm thinking of so many ideas. Ellen White, who's here with me, Ellen, to, of connections, the Spirit of Huntington Arts Center, which the Lindy Lou supports, right? Camp Anchor, which I know you're familiar with Camp Anchor, the Anchor Drama Program. Is, I, with these are, there's, I just think there's so many connections, which is usually the fourth segment of the show. So I will be quiet and put that aside. But I do have a lot of ideas and I will go back and listen to all the ideas I had so I can make those connections later this week, uh, this weekend into next week. But Mike Durney mentions this organization and I said, wait, wait, I know of them. And, and that was how that all happened. And I said, let's get Ellen on the show. And, and you, Ellen White, who's here, who's the founder and executive director, your answer was absolutely Tommy D. I would love to come to your attic and be on your show. Something like that. Right. 
something like that. Yes. Tommy, thank you so much for having me on. This is a wonderful. I'm very excited <clears throat> to be here this morning. I'm not actually in your attic. I'm in my own living room, but that's good. <laughs> As, you know, someday, uh, I don't know if you remember the movie Wayne's World. So I make this joke, like the movie Wayne's World came out maybe 30 years ago, 25 years ago. In fact, it was my cousin Vinny that told me about it when it was coming out. And I remember that because it used to be a, a thing on Saturday Night Live. It used to be a little sketch with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, right? Wayne's World, Wayne's World. So when they got in the movie, they got a deal to do their show. And they had done this on like a public access out of like Wayne's basement. So when they got a studio and they had like a big deal, they made Wayne's basement in like the studio, right? Yeah. So one day when I'm big time, <laughs> we're going to have a studio that's my attic in some studio somewhere, I guess. I don't know if you have That's to perfect. Do. I think that's perfect. And you I can really come to the world my... is a perfect segue. Yes, it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you can come to my real attic at some point. Exactly. Look. I don't believe a lot of things are chance. I mean, I, I was raised Catholic um, and they talk about a calling. And I, I, you know, I feel in a lot of ways in my life, this show has become a calling for me that what I'm doing in nonprofit, trying to make a legacy, trying to leave a legacy. I, I'm 44. I, my expectation is 50 years to go. And it's funny. I've been saying that for five years. So I guess I keep getting to like extending my life even more. So maybe I'm going to be. You have to subtract, Tommy. Yeah, I know. I don't have to, man. I'm living so healthy right now. I don't have to subtract. Coffee is all I need. So I, I, I the calling, this is like in my notes, it says a chance meeting in a supermarket. And my argument, not that you and I are going to argue about it, but my feeling is, was it really chance? Or was this something that you were being tapped you know, from the universe, from, from a universal consciousness, from God, if that's someone's belief, whatever it may be. You meet somebody in the supermarket. Tell me that story. Well, um, at the time, I mean, we, we had, you know, Backyard Play and Friends, it, it's an organization I, I have with my, my family, my sisters, and our uh, wonderful partner, Ryan Delaney. Um, we don't let anything stop us or, or get in our way. And if a sign comes like that, we just kind of move with it. Yeah. Um, so at the time I had been um, helping out at Southside High School directing um, a show that they call Center Stage, which is a wonderful program at the high school. It was founded by two students, Kathy Mackey and uh, Ryan, uh, Brian Nesdell. And um, it had been going on. I had been helping from the beginning, but then after Kathy and Brian graduated, I kind of took the program over. And what it is, is it's a year, usually a year long uh, after school club where we get together and we put on a show and we bring all different groups from the high school together. It's, uh, you know, the core program, the life skills program, you know, the lacrosse team, the soccer team, the drama kids. Um, so it was a wonderful avenue to kind of level the playing field and having all different types of people. Like there, there were no disabilities on the stage because everybody was working together you know, to get the show done. And year after year, I would do it. And, you know, we'd do the big senior bows and the seniors would graduate and go off. Um, and I never realized when uh, young adults with developmental disabilities uh, leave the traditional schooling mm -hmm. at the age of 21, that there is such a tremendous lack um, of social um, activities to do. Aging out, right? Those of us, yeah. those of us in the IDD space, intellectually and developmental disabilities, right? We all, we know this aging out, although I will be honest with you, I didn't know it until I got so involved in what I'm doing, but right. I remember, shout out to my Aunt Ellen, because, you know, it was always a concern for Aunt Ellen when Linda was aging out, you know, where, what was Linda going to do? What were the, the services that were going to be available? So, so that's, so you saw this is sort of where these other children who neurotypical, as we say, right? Where it's, they're going to college, right. you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to bed, bath and beyond, and they're getting their college stuff together. And the parents of neurodiverse students are literally scrambling uh, you know, to try to find programs and activities. And it's a real drop off in, in their social, um, their social lives. And so in a way, I was embarrassed by it, because here I was working with, you know, this population and just waving everybody goodbye at the end of the show, not knowing what was on the other side, you know, until I was in the local grocery store and, and a mom whose son had recently graduated. And I'm just like you would ask, ask anyone else, oh, you know, how's Johnny doing? And she immediately <laughs> started crying and told me he, what he was doing, which was really nothing. Um, so in that moment, I was like, well, we have to do something. Uh, so I called my sister Chrissy and we rented a room um, at St. Mark's Church for the following Thursday 
and we had four kids show up and that was, what was the plan. What, what were you going to do? The plan was, well, what did I know what to do with, with my sisters? We, we used to have a drama camp and I'm involved in the theater at the high school. So we did. That's your go-to. Let's do drama, right? That yeah, just, we know it. I already got the costumes. Uh, I already have the skits. Oh, let's just, I just want to pause one second. When we talk about drama, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about drama. Like I don't need any drama in my life. We're talking about theater. I'm trying to be funny and cute, right? We're talking about like, you know, and, and I'll tell you, um, I, I never, actually, I was the tin man in the sixth grade. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> in, that in, makes, <laughs> that's typecasting. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, I, you know, I didn't know I had a heart and then I knew I had a heart. So you're right on. Exactly. But it, it's, it's, I was, I'm I remember it to this day, but I, what's funny about it. And I never did any more quote unquote theater, although I should have, and I'm only 44. So my expectation is I got time to do it. So we got to get doing some of that, but I will tell you I, what, what was very funny when I look back at this, knowing that I was 12 years old and I'm 44 now and all these years later, later, it's, uh, it was disability awareness week when we did that play. This is Washington street school in Franklin square where I grew up, right? My brother, and my sister, we all went to the school. And then it was, I hadn't realized how connected and, and I will tell you this and, and, and it is having Linda, my cousin Linda in my life that changed perspective and gave perspective. I think now in, in 2022, we talk about neurodiversity. We're talking about mental health. We talk about different learning and who needs support here and who learns differently. We weren't talking about this stuff 30 no, years no, ago. We, we were not. And, and, and you go back 45, 50 years ago, we certainly, you know, uh, I, I recently, you know, um, I don't know if you've known uh, Vicki Schnepps over the years who founded Life's Work and, and Vicki and I know each other from, from different endeavors, uh, you know, back in when I worked in Bayside for many years. Um, but, you know, back to Willowbrook, uh, you know, with Geraldo, all these stories, you yeah. know, back in, in, in the seventies and whatnot, but we've, it, it, it's funny for me, it's like kind of an arc of my own life that I'm in this space. And I hadn't realized all those years ago, what had impacted me. And it's, it's having my cousin Linda in our lives. It's having those connections, but how thoughtful in 1988, 89, that there was disability awareness week. I mean, I remember to this day where there was, there was these two men that used to come and speak and both had lost their legs for one reason or another accidents and whatnot. And it was just, you know, I think at, at the time that was really forward thinking, I, not to sound silly, but I really think at the time it was. And I think that, that looking back in my own life, that, that really impacted me to this day. Um, so, but I think we're more aware of this stuff now, right? Oh, definitely. Um, and you see it, you know, in in the, in the schools, you see it in the elementary schools, uh, you know, in the middle schools, in the high schools, there is definitely more of awareness. It it in a way is an easier, easier world than, than it was, you know, back then, right. um, you know, which is wonderful. But so, there's a whole lot more to be done. No doubt. We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work, work to do. do. We got a lot of work to do, you know, around mental health. We got a lot to do in inclusion. We got a lot to do in, in racial tension and issues and concerns yes, on this planet. You know, we, we certainly do. So, so, all right, I made the jokes about drama, but it was a drama program. It was theater. Yeah. Four kids in, in the gymnasium or in the church where no, we were in the parlor at St. Mark's, which okay. is, you know, a, a, you know, a small room and, and, you know, St. Mark's is really the, the beginning of our program. I called them up. They said, sure, come on in and supported us, you know, uh, uh, all the way, all the way through, you know? Um, so, yeah, so we were in the parlor, we had four kids um, and in came um, uh, the original backyard player, um, Brian Nesdell, who was the student who started Center Stage. So, so just to go back, because I, I, I read this in the notes and you said it, but I want to say it again and, and underscore it, is it was all children of all abilities that all were in, abilities. in the Center Stage program. So yep. Brian was part of creating that, and but he became part of the original, he was the original backyard player, you said? Yes, yes, he was the original backyard player. So, so um, in years before I had started um, at Southside, I was doing running the drama program at Our Lady of Peace in Lindbrook. Uh, Brian is the age of my youngest son, Terrence, um, and always loved drama. 
But when he was in the middle school, uh, the stage was painted black and Brian has depth perception and, and it was a difficult to be up on the stage. Mm. So I asked, you know, Sister Mary at Our Lady of Peace if Brian could come over and be in the shows at the Our Lady of Peace Drama Club. So over Brian came, he was in the shows for about eight years <laughs> until it was time for him to go to high school. And when Brian went to high school, he spoke to the administration with his mom and said he wanted to have a drama program um, at Southside High School. And that was center stage. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's, it is awesome. Yeah. So now Brian, in, in Brian walks, um, you know, and is the original backyard player. So we've kind of followed his how, path. How old is Brian? Brian now just had his 30th birthday. Happy birthday recently to you, yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Just had his 30th. I look forward to Brian. I look forward to if you're listening or watching, I look forward to meeting you at some point soon. I gotta give a couple of shout outs. I I I Sister Mary, shout out. I Sister mean, yeah. I got I I have a friend, Sister Tisa Fitzgerald, who's been on the show, who founded Our Children, H-O-U-R. Uh, and and it, it's the hours it stands it that word hour stands for the hours that moms lose with their children while they're incarcerated. It's the hour the mom gets incarcerated, it's the hour they get to see their children. Uh, for a visitation and then it represents the hour when the mom is released and so sister t says she's so great and i i just ran into a couple of uh, i was at the long island imagine awards out here which i we have to talk about the imagine awards you and i offline but um i i was at the imagine awards and i ran into uh i think it was sister pat from mercy haven i don't know what it is man like I, i'm a shaman I, I graduated from shamanad so we had the brothers but there's something about the nuns. I like hanging out with the nuns, man. They're so oh, cool. Definitely. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're really, really special ladies and 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 great personnel. We had a a, a a nun in the family. My my nan is we'll talk nana later. Love nana, yeah. right? <laughs> nana my nan is cousin, uh, Sister Marie. But all right, so we do have to go to a break. I just have to stop telling stories. We have to actually okay. think. That's I'm your trying, job. we gotta stay on point. We gotta actually so we we've gotta continue the genesis of of what this thing is, and then how you got hooked into the Lindy Lou Foundation, there's right, a whole story right, there, right. and then the programs and stuff. So we got time to, to do this together. We're going to take a quick break. Ellen White, the executive director and founder of Backyard Players and Friends is here. I'm here. Well, because, you know, it's my show. I'm Tommy D. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Someday, you will be able to join me in the attic. You will be able to walk up the steps and join me in the attic. But 
my wife would kill me because <laughs> everything everybody can see is messy. So that I've made a mess in the attic. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the story. A couple quick shout outs. Uh, I know my friend Robert Rosner is listening in. He always listens in. Thank you, Robert Rosner. Uh, thanks, Mick Collins. Always checking in. Mick, Mick wants to know. Now, this is back a call back to my cousin Vinny. He wants to know, does Vinny know what a grit is? You know, I want to do, how about a ute? How about a ute? If you haven't seen my cousin Vinny, and he goes, he goes youths, the two youths. If you haven't seen my cousin Vinny, and I imagine some of the young people on here haven't because the movie's 30 years old, you need to. I mean, I, I Ellen, you remember? Oh, you, you've got it. You have classic. To. Do you think now, so my oldest is 12. Mine are like 12, 11, 9, and 7. I'm trying to think if my cousin Vinny's cool for the kids yet, or or if it's, I don't think there was anything really bad. No, 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 there was nothing bad. And, and of course, the, the scene at the end, you know, w- w- when she talks about the cars, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marissa Tomei, yeah, that's, yeah, almost. She, that's she, she, she kills it. She yeah, kills you know, it. You know, she, she won uh, the Academy Award. I take for best actress. Is that what? I think it, well, maybe it was best supporting. Best yeah. supporting. She was, I mean, I loved her in that movie. Like, I, and I love her. She's great. But you know why though? Cause she's like us. She's like, you know, she's like Long Island kind of attitude. Like, you know, our kind of people. So if you're listening to this show around the world, well, we're really sweet people, but we do kind of act like that a little bit, you know, like the, anyway. well, the voice, the voice, the voice. Yeah, can yeah, do it. No, no doubt. You know, he goes, oh yeah, you blend. And she goes, where, can, where am I going to be able to get good Chinese food around here? Well, you know, uh, my daughter-in-law is from Massachusetts and, and I have two wonderful grandchildren who say water. Water. Uh, that's, look, you know and what? When I go back to Massachusetts, I know that other set of grandparents are not loving that water. You know what's hysterical? Because like, uh, uh, like, and shout out to Massachusetts. We, we love Boston. Um, I love everybody, but like just, what I'm about to say is funny because, well, because I'm saying it, but it's funny because like I'd be down in Ocean City, Maryland. And I thought it was funny. Like people would say like, oh, where are you, where are you from? Like Boston? I'm like, what? Like, it's not even like, and again, funny for me, because they mush us all together. Like, and, we, and you know, we don't sound anything like they sound. They don't sound anything like we sound completely different. Shout out to my friend, Dr. Dorothy Martin Neville, who was always saying, uh, she's from uh, Southie and she's uh yeah, she's an incredible coach. She actually talk about nuns. Dr. Dorothy was a nun early on, uh, I, I, you know, very young, grew up in a tough neighborhood in Southend and became a nun and has a really, you know, that the, the, uh, the commercials with Dos Equis, the most interesting man in the world. Yes. I talk, when I talk about my friend, Dr. Dorothy, she is that she's the most interesting woman. She's done really, really cool stuff. Shout out Dr. D if you're listening. Um, I just keep, I'm saying hello to a lot of people. Let's yeah, get back, let's get back to our story, Ellen. So <laughs> you, you see the need. You have the background to create this. You have support. Right. What happens? So we, you know, we show up that day and we just begin to have a, a drama program for young adults who have aged out of the school system. Um, <clears throat> and our first skit was about pirates and ballerinas. And um, that is how we got our partner, Ryan Delaney, involved because he had come to the class with Brian and um, I made him a pirate and he willingly put the hat on and the full costume. And then I realized that this guy's all in. So, <laughs> you know, he, he, he came in. So he, he was he was our partner from the very first night. What was he doing there? Was he just a friend? He, coming, he was, uh, you know, coming in with Brian. He He's was bringing Brian. Brian in. Yeah, yeah, he was bringing Brian into the class. He worked with Brian. Yeah. Um, Ryan Delaney is a vision specialist um, in, you know, and a special needs teacher. Um, so he is the perfect person for us to have in our organization. Um, plus he, Hey Ryan, if you're out there, hello, Ryan. Yeah. He brains behind it. Like I said, he can do anything and he's able to work with me and my sisters. So that's, that's why, why would you say like that? Is it challenging? I I would think, (coughs) excuse me, for anyone to come in, uh, to be a part of an organization that is truly a family organization, that's not you know, part of the family. Yeah. I mean, now he is. Um, right. I would think that that was, would be challenging. Yes. How many, how many sisters are there involved with this organization? Well, I have five sisters and and one brother mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and so Ryan Delaney has assumed that role in our organization, that's of awesome. keeping, you know, keeping everything straight. So are, is every, is it a family thing? Is everybody involved? It's a family thing. Yes. Um, everyone is involved. I work closely uh, with my sister. Christine is, is the founding partner with me and Ryan. Um, and my sister, Joan, uh, runs our love Nana part. Um, and my sisters, uh, Franny, Beth, uh, Jennifer, 
Um, they're all around, you know, around for support. They do a lot of writing for us. Jennifer helps us with ideas, and Bethy and Franny help us with the writing. I love it. I, love um, it. I yeah. can't wait. When's the next show? The next show is going to be uh, June tenth. Um, and it's going to, it's a show um, that was actually written in our creative arts department. So let's talk about that. So, so you're not, me before I go on, I, I have to mention my brother, Jim. Yes. <laughs> because I did it. Jim, so, Jim, Jim, my brother, Jimmy, sorry, Jimmy. We love you, Jimmy. We love, we love you. Um, and he is our business consultant. So he's amazing. Great. All right. So, so it is a family affair and, and, uh, you know, I know how these organizations go when it's yes. run by a family, there's some, at times a lot of personality involved, right. uh, times it can be challenging, uh, whether it's business or nonprofit for that matter, just generally yeah. speaking. Um, and, and it's nice to see that, you know, for the greater good, you know, you can work together to, for the mission. So shout out to Jim and, and Joan and Franny and Bethy. And I feel like, uh, I, I, you know, um, Matt Damon in that movie, you yeah, know, you know, Goodwill Hunting when he rattles off all those names like yes, Mickey, Tommy, right. Joey, Bobby, Chrissy, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a little bit like that. It is well, like that. And that's what my father used to say: Joni, Chrissy, Jenny, Franny, Jimmy, Beth, whoever, get in here now. So that would work. <laughs> I do. I do. I can never get my. I start one of the, my girl, my daughters. I start one of their beginning of their names, and then it turns into the yes. other name. Like, yeah. and I, I remember my grandmother doing that when I was like a kid. And I thought it was hysterical. And now I can't seem to get, yeah, it. You get it. Yeah. I can't. I just, I, I should just go like, Hey kid, yeah. like, come over here, kid. So, so you don't buy scripts. It sounds like you write your own material, right? Right. Well, when we had first started at our lady of peace, we were, you know, doing the drama program there. Um, and actually it was um, after that terrible tragedy um, when father Larry and a, a, a parishioner, Eileen Tosner, um, had gotten shot. Do you remember that terrible no, tragedy it was right after 9-11? No, I don't remember this. Um, my sister Chrissy was working at the school at the time, and uh, it was a few weeks after 9-11, I believe. And everybody kind of came. The school was in lockdown, and the kids mm. were all upstairs on the third floor. Um, and the SWAT team was there, and the parents wow. were frantic. It was just an incredible si situation. Um, and my sister was up in the room with the teachers and the students, and she had her guitar. So while all this stuff was going on, you could hear the kids singing um, out the window on the third floor, which was like a lot. Um, and then when it was over, Chrissy and I thought, you know, we really wanted to do something for the parish. And Father Larry was a big theater guy, like a big drama guy. So we were like, listen, let's start this drama program. We spoke with Sister Mary um, and we started the drama program, but it was really just her and I. And when we went to go look at scripts, they were like 500 bucks to like do the script. Yes. So I was like, forget it. I'll just write it. I love, so then, <laughs> I love that. Forget it. I'll just write so it. So then I just started, you know, every year we would write the script and then we would have a big dinner and we'd serve, you know, a family style and the parents and friends would come. It would be a fundraiser for the school. Um, and then when Brian, you know, left Our Lady of Peace drama and went over to Southside, I just naturally moved over there with him. And oh. then when he, you know, graduated high school, we just started to do the backyard players. So that's that. It's, so it just continues. It, it just stretches out. Yeah, it's so, just so, right. Yeah. So that. So we got to take another quick break. So we have an event coming up on June 10th. Is that something? Where is that? Because I know you have. You got to tell me there's a new location. There's so, oh, there's, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. We got to fill in a lot of gaps here. But yeah. Where is that? And, and can people still buy tickets for June 10th? Oh, yeah. The tick, yeah, the tickets will be available on the web, on the website. And what's um, the website? Let's call the it website, out. Yeah, let's call it out. The website is BYP and friends.com. BYP and friends.com. Yes. Got it. All right. So it's already actually I'm looking in, and uh, Cecia from my team has already put this on Facebook for everybody. So if you're oh, watching on you, Facebook, Cecia. yep. So if you're watching on Facebook, you can get the information there. So um, I know you have a, a story about Sister Elizabeth you want to tell. We got it. I want to hear about some of the things that have gone on. You know, when we talked the other day about uh, uh, how your board was incredibly influential and in some of the right. growth and some of the needs. And 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 I, I'd like to spend some time there because uh, a lot of the folks that are paying attention to what we're doing here are either leaders of nonprofits part of leadership teams or, or employees of nonprofits or people thinking about creating their own organization. So that board slash executive team conversation and relationship is really awesome. So it, it's a great uh, conversation to have. So I'd like to spend some time on that. 
And yeah. again, like we talked about, this show's about you and the organization. So just let's tell your story when we come back even further. Okay. okay. All, right, All, right. Thanks, All, right. Thanks. All right, good. We'll be right back. Philanthropy and Focus. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. encourage you to cut through the static please move the static out of the way join me in the attic all right so look ellen white co-founder executive director of backyard players and friends most recently selected as a grand marshal of the 2022 rockville center st patrick's day parade slancha to that <laughs> right um so 2020 received the caritas medal from malloy college which is awarded to those persons who have contributed generously of their time and talents to their communities has been involved with her community in rockville center that's out here on strong island long island uh the last 27 years she's been committed to the community i have a lot of guys that i went to high school with um rockville center guys um i didn't say this one yet 2014 rockville center herald person of the year and in 2017, New York State Women of Distinction, and then was also received the 2018 Eugene J. Murray Outstanding Citizenship Award. Ellen, why, <laughs> why are you so committed to service? You know, um, <clears throat> I think it, you know, obviously it, it's from my parents. I mean, it, committed to service, it, it's not really a thought. It, it was just, we just, you just did it. We just did it. Um, so it was easy to keep doing it because it was really part um, of our life. It was like it was habit, right? It became habitual. <clears throat> right. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't talked about. It was just my parents were doing it. And so we were doing it, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, we when I was young, early, we we were I volunteered at um, the Queen of Peace nursing home in Queens Village. I know it well. Oh, amazing. I, I know it well. I, again, I we're not I actually taught CCD. Um uh religious education when i was uh i guess sophomore and junior at chaminade we taught at um saint thomas the apostle in west Hempstead, not too far from from where you and i are and uh and we went to that that uh senior living facility over in queen's village it's back by it's like back by anton's it's back yeah it's back by anton's my yeah. mom um you know was the assistant director of nursing my sister joan worked there and when we were young we all volunteered so that if you <clears throat> ever have a chance to go to a very special place, it, it's there. It's, yeah, um, I'd love to go back there, actually. I'd love to do yeah, Amazing. That service. Cool, yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I sit on the board of Horse Ability, which I don't know. If oh, you're I sure. love Horse Ability. I do, too. Oh, my God. Katie McGowan. I love her. I love yeah. her. Her team is incredible. She's She was actually on the first episode of Philanthropy and Focus. Oh, was she? Uh, yeah, yeah. Way back in January of... of we just uh, had uh, two of their horses came to visit the backyard well, last is, two weeks ago. Who, who you have? You have Aiden and Pearl? Um, oh my gosh, I think one was yeah. her. 
Yeah, because those are their minis. minis. This is what I was going to say. Minis, yeah. The minis, they, they have a, a, a like a caravan, but they call it a minivan. But yeah. like a little play on words. I love a play on words, but minivan. And they put them in the back of the minivan yeah. and, they, and they come out. And they, but they, um, I didn't know. I should have been there. Is it us? I should, I'll send you the picture. They, so they, so I'm, I'm going to screw this up. I know it because it's whichever name I pick, it's going to be the, the other one. But I think Aiden was on my show. So Katie McGowan is in the attic as you're in the attic right okay. and like it's the first show i don't know what i'm doing like as if i know a whole lot of what i'm doing right now right that would imply that i got this thing figured out but okay. i go so we're like during the break we're supposed to be on mute and katie and i are figuring out with her her uh manager jamie should she bring the horse in now should she bring the, and it was like people were hearing it during the commercial breaks and we, i didn't know what i was again people i'm sure they loved it but they they brought the mini into her office and had on the show. And I was like, wow, first show ever. And I got a horse on the show. So that, that's a, such a special organization. I was just going to say, I want to go out and do some work with horse ability, bringing those out to see the seniors because they, oh yeah, that would be awesome. oh, yeah they do great stuff. And they do a lot with Northwell and, and things yeah. like that as well. So I don't know where we were. So we were. So I was in in the nursing home, and, and Sister Elizabeth, what, you know, they're the begging nuns, and that's how they get by by begging for donations. And I, as a young girl, twelve years old, thought this was amazing. Like, what? But what if people didn't give you what they needed to survive? So I went over to Sister Elizabeth, and I said, Sister, what happens if if you don't get enough? And she said to me, Ellen, people want to help. You just have to ask them. And as a 12-year-old girl, I took that to heart. And I believe me, I ask a lot of people for help. And you know what, Tommy? Most people, I'd say all people say yes. Because so let's, you, let's stop there a second because let's draw some attention to it. Let me get dramatic. Yeah, get, please speak, do. Because that's a big deal, what we're talking about. So I wrote it down. People want to help. You just have to ask them. 12 years old. Sister Elizabeth tells you that, and you took it to heart, where maybe another 12-year-old, it would be, okay, cool, thanks, sister, and you kind of move on. But this has now become, uh, dare I say, a life philosophy for you? Yeah, I would say yes, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And that's a shout out to you folks who run organizations. If you lead a development team, if you're an executive director, if you're a founder, uh, ask, 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 just ask, because people want to help. That's so special. So- Let's talk about how often do you do shows? So we, you know, backyard players right now, we do a show uh, at the end of our session. So we're just doing a show in June, but sometimes we'll do some pop-up shows. Like if an organization asks us, we'll go and, you know, put on a skit, like we did a pumpkin pie skit uh, for (laughs) around Thanksgiving time um, for a meeting. And in the fall, we're doing a Mad Hatter skit. Um, so we, you know, we like to perform as much as possible. You're kind of plug and play. Like it's a road show. You could take a road show. We could do anything. You know, we have a, a, our staff is tremendous. Um, and everybody's always rolling with ideas. So like my dad said, you know, never let a good idea get in the way of the great idea. Um, and everybody has them and i we listen to everything and we're always, uh, moving and changing, but keeping our eye on the great idea that's always out there. How do you raise money for this organization? Um, we, um, you know, we, we have a fundraiser and this, this will go back to, you know, the beginnings of how yeah. we started, you know, we were in, in a one room and now eight years later, look at where we are. You know, we have two locations, um, you know, how did we get there? You know, it, it, it's not as simple as it sounds, you know, yeah. So tell, yeah, tell us that family run business. But then, you know, we apply for the 5013C. We had to go through all that, you know, things that needed to be done. And I think in the beginning, organizations like like mine that start out um, grassroots, everybody on the board, you know, they were all my wonderful friends and my family. So you're sitting at a board meeting and it's all your family and all of your wonderful friends. Um, And we were running board meetings like we would be doing things. We'd have a board meeting, we'd serve tea and crumpets and we would tell everyone all the great things we were doing and then of course we had Mike Durney come on the board and um he kind of really helped us uh, get into alignment how does Mike get to this organization is there a connection there 
Yes, uh, Mike Durney is a very dear friend of mine. Um, his daughter Megan, shout out to Megan and Jeff, who got married last Friday. That hey, I, congrats, guys! Yeah, and I introduced them. I was the matchmaker. Oh, so, wow! That's um, really so cool. we've been friends for a long time. We coached lacrosse together. We worked on the lacrosse board together, and I've seen Mike in action. And so, if something needs to get done, it's a straight bullet line. So sometimes, you know, other stuff can get in the way, a little bit static when a board or an organization is trying to move forward and to have somebody that can just shoot it right straight to you, clear through it is Mm. very helpful. Mm. So for us to get from a small family organization to here, we knew that there had to be some change in within the organization. So so let's stop there one second again, because I want to call this out because I think this is critical for people to realize founder syndrome is something we hear a lot about in the nonprofit world. And I I will give a shout out to my friend, um, Amy and my friends, Amy and Amy Zaslansky and Eileen Minogue over at the book fairs who Amy founded the organization and did an incredible job, but knew it sort of got to a point where she needed to give the reins to someone else. And Eileen Minogue, who is another incredible nonprofit professional here on Long Island, took the reins and took the organization to the next level. And I think it's critical when we have that we realize as best we can, and we all have ego, but as best we can to move that ego aside and say, okay, I need to now for the best of this organization, get some other folks on this team. And not saying that, you know, you had to step aside or whatever, but you saw in Mike this alignment and just from your experience in the lacrosse days, as you mentioned, right, right. what he could bring and how he could escalate or elevate what this is, this organization was doing and take it to the next level, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we we were sometimes when you're in the trenches, busy doing the work, you can't lift your head up no doubt. and say, this is where we got to go. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. you have to have so it to takes an outsider, it. right? Who hasn't been in it from the beginning sometimes too, that can just look at it uh, objectively. Right. And, and right. yeah. Yeah. So then tell us you know what your, your board is too big. You got to cut it down. I mean, I had to fire my parents. I mean, that was how big was the board. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, mom and dad. No. Sorry. Sorry. That sorry. Sorry, sense. everyone. Sorry. My beautiful. You know what? It's funny when, when you say that because they were probably hoping to get fired at some point anyway. You know? Well, they weren't really fired. I mean, they, you know, they're, they wait, were, wait, did, hold on. Did you fire them off the board or did you fire them as parents? No, 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 no. We just said, we, Mike said, we're just going to, you know, move the board more towards a work working board. Yeah. And these people are behind us all the time. They're going to be there. They're going to be there doing the thing. Yeah. Right. No doubt. hundred percent. So what did Mike do? What was his vision? What did so, he- so what ha- what happened was we, we um, got a connection with Malloy College who does something called the Bloomberg Challenge. And I would say to any organization like mine that was looking for some help in this direction uh, to, to check it out because other colleges do it too. It's a program for the MBA students. So, you know, you, you sign up, you, you know, they, they, if they choose your organization for the final semester, I think it was six weeks, you get five MBA students in their senior year this is their final project for six so, weeks. This is what they, they have to hand this work in. This is oh, no, no hand it in. They have to have a big, uh, it's a whole big showing. We had to show up and they had wow. to get up in front of their professors and, you know, um, the deans and, and pitch what they did for the last six weeks. Um, so they came in six students, you know, but you know, older students, MBA, we gave them everything. We opened up our books, anything they needed. We just, we just gave it to them. Um, they uh, changed our um, our financials. As they said, we were non-managerial people in managerial positions. Mm. We were not traditional managers. We were completely untraditional. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't have that kind of a background. Right. Um, so I asked Mike, Mike, who was originally on the board, uh, to come to this. And so Mike came, we sat down. And, you know, they did the whole presentation and they spoke that if the backyard players and friends don't change direction or don't begin to make some changes, their program is not sustainable. Let's stop you right there. We got to go to a quick break. I want to leave you guys right at the cliff. A little bit of a cliffhanger (laughs) for you all. A little bit of an in-focus cliffhanger. We'll be back. You hear the rest of that story. Does the organization exist? Does it not exist? We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That song was written by a friend of mine, Brendan Levy, over at the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. Irish Levy, he calls himself L-E-A-V-E-Y, like that, because, you know, he and I are buddies, we're pals. We wrote that song together. I give him credit for it, but we wrote the lyrics together. It was sort of a lyrics were amazing. Yeah, I I watched what I say. I mean, look, look, let me ask you a question, Ellen. I know you're on many, many radio shows and many podcasts. Have you ever been on a show where somebody uses the word attic in their theme song? No, no. I rest my case. Don't say anything else. I rest my case. Only show in the history of shows that has the word attic in the song. We could stop there. Dylan, shut the show off. We're done. (laughs) What's going on? No, hold on. (laughs) Ellen, stop. I'm very excited. I I got Joni Highland Kelly checking in. Oh, that's my eldest sister. Thank you so much, Tommy, for shining the light on Backyard Plays and Friends. Sister Joni, not like a real sister, but sister of Ellen. (laughs) You know, Joni, love you, kid. Good to see you. Hope to see you in real life sometime soon, but thanks for checking in on Facebook. That's how the show is. It's so interactive. You can just write some words on the Facebook machine, and then I say them. It's very, you know, I take commands very easily. I'll just do stuff. Like, you want me to say things like, like Mick Collins said about the ask before. He said, so simple yet powerful. Just ask. Like you said, just ask, right? All right. So, hey, you're probably all asking what happened after the Bloomberg challenge? Does the organization still exist? Is Tommy just having them tell a story about an organization that doesn't exist anymore? I don't know. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm standing. Ellen, what happened? So at the very end, they put up pictures of, of the founders and they said, and if they don't change, screen went black, they will cease to exist. So I was paralyzed for a second and then it really sunk in. And this was true. So they gave us a big, huge book of turnkey things to do. And I turned and handed that book to Mike Durney um, because it was true. I was teaching a lot of the classes. Um, you know, we were running it like on our backs, yeah. uh, dragging. And, and if this was, it had to be able to, to go on without me and Chrissy and Ryan and Joni. Um, you know, I got a big not, not that, not that, not that you guys did anything wrong, but we're moving to the next level. And okay. if you, and to the point of the, to the point of the Bloomberg six, as I'll call them, to the point of that gang, like if, if, if <laughs> fade to black, I mean, that, if that's it, if that's where we're going, well, then we need to do something, right? Mike Durney, enter Mike Durney, fix enter this Mike thing. Durney, I hand him the book and, uh, you know, he goes through it. Um, I mean, a smart, savvy businessman himself. And his recommend, recommendation was, let's, you know, cut the board down. Um, and uh, so now we have Mike, Ryan, um, Beth Solferini, Marian Nesdell, Elena O'Donnell, and Brian Nesdell is on our board, one of the founding OG yep. backyard player. Look at you, uh, calling him an OG. Wow. He's an OG. Yeah. Um, and then our board became smaller. And, you know, we really started to, you know, 
use utilize them in ways that you know we could get things done we could move to the next level we were busting at this point we're busting out of the room at saint mark's so we write time, time treasure and talent that's what we hear about right some folks can write checks some folks can write really big checks some folks can donate their time and some folks are really good at a skill set we got to find out what that is and use them right on a board yeah, and a lot of times it's figuring out what your own skill set is no and knowing what you can't do no doubt <laughs> you no know doubt. like i think that's one of my greatest strengths is i know what my weaknesses are so yep. i'm like i can't do that let's get bring somebody else in that's 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 leadership though you know, that's yeah. leadership that goes from all the leaders that, you know, if I'm not good at this thing, I'm going to get somebody around me who is good at it. Let them do it. Not right. only am I, I might not be good at it. I might not be interested in it. And this other person digs it. So why the heck not have them be, be in flow while I'm in flow. Right. Yeah. And when, you know, you can't like squash people's, you know, create, like you said, flow, their creative flow. So if you have some, bring somebody on, you start micromanaging that talent, you're losing yes. um, what the most important thing is. No doubt. Um, no doubt. So, so where then, is this, so where are you now? You have new. So now we're busting out of the room, and we're deciding. You know what? This really is a community-based program. So we're running classes at the library. We're running classes at the rec center, at the Knights of Columbus, at Sportset, which is a gym in town oh, yeah. that yeah. opened their doors and just let us in. Um, and um, and like I said, St. Mark's. So I was so happy with that. Here we are. People are seeing us in the community. We're not in a basement somewhere. We're yeah. not, you know, in a in a dark room yeah. you're out you're seeing us um so then we wrote it i wrote a note to um malloy college because literally they're a mile down the road from us and uh my pitch was we're a mile down the road you're churning out special ed teachers we have the population you know can we can we come on campus and they were amazing and we were on campus and we were doing our theater classes we were having our shows at the hayes theater um, and everything was going great. We were adding classes, adding people, um, and, you know, truly in the community, not with the thought of having our own space, right. because that brings a lot of its own, sure. you know, stuff on top of it. But then, of course, you know, the oh, pandemic right. hit. Yep. And everything came to a screeching halt, you know, that that uh, month in March. Yeah, well, there was no one for, you, you couldn't have students on campus. Forget about having outside oh, programming we, coming on campus. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so we, as an outside group in every one of those places, we're out. Yeah. And we understand. They have yeah, to worry about their own survival. They had to worry about. So what happens? Now, now what? So now, uh, you know, I went to see uh, the mayor of Rockville Center, Fran Murray, and I said, listen, uh, I need some help. I'm going to lose my program. I have nowhere to go. Um, and so he opened up the rec center and we were there like five days. But this was after the whole, you know, when it was time to open up again. Uh -huh. um, immediately, two weeks after the shutdown, we went on this lovely thing called Zoom. Yep. We had no idea what it was. Um, and then we just started Zooming our classes, doing joke of the day, you know, trying to connect as best we could. But you're talking about a population that is isolated on a on every day you could be isolated yeah. you know yeah. getting off you know off the bus you're done with school you're isolated so now you're, you're you're pushed further back into isolation and you know we we saw what could happen you know people you know were losing um some skills uh you know losing some speech i mean people you know this population was deeply affected no, and we knew we we had to get back running up as fast as we could so we went to the rec and, and we started to run our program there, you know, very safely, six feet apart, right. you know, spray painting circles on the grass, you know, so we could have our yoga classes um, and people would, you know, you know, everybody was masked. Nobody was crossing, you know, everybody was where they were supposed to be. And then, you know, Mike said, it's time for a fundraiser. And I said, well, I don't know about that. I, I think it's a tough time for people. And I think, uh, I, I'm not sure I want to have a fundraiser. I, I, how much can you ask? Dad, mm. we're having a fundraiser. We need our own space because we, we couldn't keep doing that. And, um, and that's what we did. We had a fundraiser uh, last April uh, that was incredible. On, oh, we had it on Zoom. And little by little, you know, the, the money came rolling in. And five months later, after that fundraiser, we opened the door to the backyard. So, so that was five months. Out, shout out to Mike Durney. We, we're going to run out of time, so we got to keep moving okay. fast. But shout out to Mike Durney on my other show that I do with my co-host Valerie, the professionals and animal lover show. She has pom poms. I don't have pom poms, but if I did, we should we do pom poms from for Mike Durney on that one because that's that's visionary stuff, man. It yeah. really is. I want to I want to just say, um, 
you know, not to just close yet, but we got three minutes to go. So what, what can people do to help connect with the organization? Now, what do you need? You know, board sounds like the board is tight right now, but like what fundraising strategic is, tell me about that. Well, what we need right now is we have, you know, we started an employment connection where we have about, about 10 of our participants out in the community uh, working in jobs. We've had wonderful connection with that. Um, And then we started our own uh, volunteer kind of pre-work called Love Nana. Uh, where my mom, who is Nana, uh, mm-hmm. we collect baby clothes, zero to 24 months. We pack them, we wash them, dry them, pack them, make baby bundles and give them out to um, young mothers and babies and families in need in the community and surrounding communities. So we have 35 to 40 backyard players every week volunteering at Love Nana. We just created 100 bags for Mercy Hospital. They asked us to do it and we and we did it and they were beautiful. So yeah, we could always use some help there. That's completely donation-based completely volunteer and your aunt ellen actually is our ironer she i heard she irons i know i did hear that all right we i have like 15 things i gotta say right now about that allied foundation my friend heather edwards runs an incredible organization diaper bank here in long island if you need diapers let's talk about that you and i text me later we'll get another phone conversation i want to do a day of service with you guys at some point Maybe Ann Ellen will get out of the way and let me iron or whatever, <laughs> whatever happens there. Uh, maybe I can help her with the iron. Um, tomorrow, I'm at the Best Buddies Friendship Walk. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the state board for Best Buddies, so I don't know if you're familiar with Best Buddies. Oh, yes, sure. yes, yes. We should talk about that. Spirit of Huntington Art Center. Okay, we should talk about Spirit of Huntington. Uh, horse, horse ability, obviously. I want to be your friend. I can't wait to meet your whole family. I, I, uh, <laughs> on June 10th, my dad owns a Rouse Italian Ice. He's out here on Long Island. On June 10th, if you want ices and it's appropriate for the event, let well, me, that'd be perfect. let's talk about that for the kids and whatnot. Um, let, bring me into your world. Bring me into your network. Let me know how I can help. Let me know how my people can help. Thank you for being here, Ellen White. Oh, thank you, Tommy. Thanks so much for having us You're and welcome. shining light. You got it. Love shining lights. One last thing. Give me the website real quick before I say a couple other words. Okay. The website is B-Y-P-A-N-D-F-R-I-E-N-D-S.com. BYPandfriends.com. BYPandfriends.com. Ellen White, thank you for being my friend. All right, really quick. Let's shout out next week. My, uh, We're going back to the well. We're going back to the Institute for Nonprofit Practice Well. My friend, my colleague, Kaz Alexander Pinkard, will be here from an organization called Hit the Books, which provides after-school educational programs, mentorship, martial arts training in up Harlem, uh, in Harlem, New York City, to, to children aged 6 through 13. Uh, to really get them to hit the books. Again, cute pun. I like puns. I like wordplay, fun stuff. Ellen, have a great day. Everybody else, make it a great day. Your boy, the Nonprofit Sector Connector. See you. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? 
Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 